Welcome to the Just Say It podcast. There are no taboos here. You think it, you say it. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Um, Today I'm actually talking about something that has somewhat aggravated me always, but I never really knew what words to use for it or like what to even describe it as. Um, That was until I came across a piece of information that I literally never knew before and when I found out I was like wow, yeah, I'm over it, like completely over it. Um, Today's podcast is actually about how academicism uh, constricts creative minds and creative thinking and therefore art in itself. Um, So For those of you listening, I'm hoping that you are familiar with the Fallen Angel masterpiece by Cabanel. Uh, He painted it when he was 24, I believe. Um, Yeah, so just a little bit of background on the actual um, artist himself and what he was about. Um, He basically joined this really prestigious uh, artist school in Paris when he was 17 Um, and he started painting a lot of um, these paintings that were depictions of Christ. Now the actual school that he went to really really liked these paintings of Christ and he found his work to be published in the Salon oftentimes. Uh, he won the Prix de Rome scholarship at the age of 22. So he was pretty established, you know, for the school that he went to and just as an artist in himself. Um, what I found really interesting though, is that if you actually look at the paintings that he's done in the past, the ones that were sort of like glorified and he won like merits for, um, People describe them as like dispassionately looking or da da da, but I just think that they lack, they lack something, if that makes sense. Like, if I were to compare those paintings that he did with any other um, prestigious artist or perhaps even an academic artist at the time or in his school, it would be very, very hard to sort of distinguish him from the pool of other people who are following the same rules and the same structure when creating these pieces of work um now talking about like rules and structure in work when you know referring to art and things like that is really and truly something that i've never really understood like at all in itself um and i guess it depends on your like depiction of art and art form Uh, For me, I believe that art is an extension of the artist. It's the extension of the person who is creating this art. Um, Art can be personal to the person. It can stem from really, really deep emotions or private emotions. It can, you know, stem from really, really deep parts of the mind that, you know, the artist may otherwise not really want to verbally express, but they use art as a medium to express it and then they allow us to view their art you know and I think that in itself is such a privilege to be able to get an insight a deep insight and a raw insight in some cases into the artist's mind and get to actually understand them through a a sort of language that they've allowed to express themselves in if that makes sense so yes you can be taught techniques 
to enhance this, you know, but I think art in itself, in its true raw form, genuinely comes from the mind and genuinely comes from the heart. I don't believe that it's something that, you know, it is taught and it is structured and, you know, constricted by rules and regulations and protocols. I just think that takes it takes the liquidity and the fluidity away from it it really does and it becomes it's still art in a sense but it becomes so restricted and it becomes somebody else's art in that sense it's like when a five-year-old comes home with like the ugliest of paintings you're probably thinking what on earth is this but you congratulate them and you praise them because you know that they took the time to just freehand that you know and just draw that whatever came to their mind whatever came whatever they wanted to depict they depict and you you know if you have any questions about the weird art that they've just presented you with then you ask them questions like oh who is this supposed to be what is this supposed to be of and then you take it from there and they explain it to you you know um but i just think the concept of, of, of judging art by these standards and these means that have been created by somebody else, it no longer becomes genuine, genuine art. It becomes something that's more rigid and restricted and ruled and judged. And you could definitely see this with, you know, Cabanel's previous works. Um, he, you know, followed all the rules that he was told and used all the techniques that that were used at the time that was praised and you know he got his merits and he was his work was published in the salon and so forth and the judges praised him and he won the scholarship and so many other things but then came the piece of art that he created from pure inspiration from genuine genuine inspiration and now came the work of the fallen angel now for those of you um who don't know the fallen angel actually came from uh milton's work where he sort of uh described in the story of the fallen angels five angels fall um so moloch belial mulciba mammon and beelzebub um which is now known as lucifer so i'd like to start off by saying that it was very very ballsy of cabanel to even try and submit an image of the devil um (laughs) in the time that he was creating it i think it's so cool and it just speaks like speaks volumes honestly for for the type of like i guess disruption that it caused um and metaphorically like how he was sort of rebelling in a way because this uh submission actually came after a submission that failed one that um the judges said was inept and life-size and you know were just being horrible about it which they probably had their own rights to say but this one in particular um they hated actually obviously um the movement was said that it was basically said that the movement was wrong the draftsmanship imprecise and the execution deficient um obviously it was uh denied entry or it didn't you know win anything um and they also considered the painting too romanticist in its style now 
I think it's kind of obvious that they completely had the wrong end of the stick here with the judgment that they made of the fallen angel and you know everything that they said about it because to me the amount of emotion and the amount of pain and the story that you see in Beelzebub's eyes in the painting is just completely otherworldly completely otherworldly um and I'm not exactly sure if this is like factual but I like to think that um the level of shame and guilt and failure you know seen in Beelzebub's eyes in the painting is almost a depiction of what uh Cabernet was actually feeling after being rejected by the salon with his previous submission that he made um but again I think the level of emotion that he depicted and, and managed to really capture in his in in his painting of, of Beelzebub was literally otherworldly completely otherworldly I'm yet to see a painting that 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 matches that level or exceeds it really and truly I think you know as a whole the painting in itself is beautifully constructed you know I mean I'm not I'm not a, a professional in 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 you know art um particularly art at the time but I do know that that is one beautiful painting um but again I, I tend to when I whenever I think about this fallen angel painting by Cabanel I tend to focus more on the um I tend to focus more on the eyes now again like it just completely encapsulates me like I think anyone honestly who looks at that painting is just drawn drawn to the eyes and when I look at those eyes especially that teardrop and the way that his arm is positioned to cover his face so as you don't see what he's going through because I don't really want to give it one particular emotion you know I think it's genuinely just a mixture of many many emotions and I wouldn't really do it injustice by trying to depict it as shame or pain or embarrassment or guilt I think it's this concoction of, of, of different emotions and that's what makes it so special the fact that he's managed to say so many things in just one singular painting and I don't want to reduce the entirety and, and, and the masterpiece that it is to just one singular painting but I do genuinely believe that it is honestly so beautiful and tells such a strong tale and story um, and the judges quite frankly were fools to think otherwise and, and, and to um, to not give it the merit that it deserved I'd also like to um, sort of briefly take a look at the letter that Cavanel himself actually wrote to his friend after um, the judges you know verbally announced their distaste to the painting they well he said um, that's my reward for all the trouble I gave myself not to submit an average piece of work now I'd actually like to take this time to genuinely just like sort of <laughs> I guess take this statement apart because to me when I read this I see it as Cabanel actually admitting that every single piece of work that he had previously submitted was in fact as he says average um, 
and don't get me wrong i by no means believe that his work was average but i think you know he was playing it safe in a way by following all the rules of the establishment and not necessarily making art from a place of creativity and a place of emotion and a place of expression but rather making art to please these judges who would then you know act as these gatekeepers to whether or not you gained the exposure and i i'd like to honestly take this time also to sort of express my gratitude for the time in the area that we live in today for example the fact that i'm even able to record this podcast from my silly little room and then publish it on a platform which is then going to be heard by people i'm not really sure how many people even listen to this but people regardless you know there's no there's no gatekeepers who say well actually no or well actually yes you know i mean granted we have our own obstacles in that respect but i think especially back then you know art was held to a very high standard which i am grateful for i really am and i still think that art is held to an extremely great standard today but i think the accessibility and the opportunity that is available to us today was not necessarily available and in a way it was almost elitist in the sense that if you didn't have the money or the education you know which required connections and money in itself then you couldn't really get to this stage where you could express yourself through art and honestly that infuriates me because it just i just think of like all the people that could have had their story out there that could have expressed themselves all the stories that we've never heard that we've never seen that we've never experienced all because of you know the structure and the establishment that they were victims to essentially you know especially because unless you were an accredited artist art didn't make any money and even now art really doesn't really make that much money it's always been about power which is it's it's sad to say the least <laughs> yeah for lack of a better word but um onto my point of academicism because i think that story of cabanel himself uh and his journey with the whole fallen angels and you know his submissions i think it 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 speaks for a bigger story or a bigger happening um and that is the constriction of academicism for artistic people so in this day and age for example you know everyone knows that if you are to go down the traditional route of education and 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 getting university degrees and and so forth the degrees that make the most money are the ones that require the most intellectual ability or academic ability either or um because you know f- quite frankly degrees that are a lot more creative don't make that much money or it's rather actually it's it's just harder to sort of enter that top percentile 
and the opportunities for jobs, for example, after those degrees are very small in comparison to the other academic degrees. Um, and so creative people with creative minds who enjoy making art and are really, really good at it, you know, find themselves having to choose between being a starving artist or succumbing themselves to something that they dread and hate and then end up doing for the rest of their lives for the sole purpose of making a living in this day and age. And I can't help but think how unfortunate that is, especially in parts of the world where we, you know, pride ourselves on being so forward thinking and so advanced. The system is so corrupt, really and truly. Um, it it really is. I genuinely believe that there are categories of people in this world. We need our artists, we need our creatives, just as much as we need our academics and our number crunchers and our researchers and our cure finders and our diagnosers. We need and and the analysts and the researchers. We need all of them. We can't just have a world of, of, of analytics and a world of academics without having creative minds and art and expression. What, what type of world would that be? But then you could argue that actually there are artists and there are creative people and there are people who do creative degrees regardless of whether or not, you know, they might not find a job. But then that would beg the question, what are the type of people, or rather, who are the type of people who are actually taking on these creative degrees and these creative paths and willing to risk not having a roof over their head in order to make art? And well, then you'd find out that the majority of those people are actually people who do have financial support, not necessarily from themselves, but rather their families and people that they know. So then you realise that the majority of these people who are taking on these creative, you know, positions, paths, routes, courses, whatever you may call it, it disproportionately benefits people who have money, who have the financial ability to do so. It disadvantages people who are from a financially disadvantageous background their creative ability might be the same, if not better, but we would never know that. We would never get to experience that. We would never see them grow and become who they genuinely are because they're forced to take a route that allows them to eat a meal or have a roof over their head, the basics. And so eventually we're gonna have a bunch of people who have become successful artists. But what happens to those who are just as creative, if not more, that are forced into this this realm of numbers and data and science that they don't understand, but then are forced to sort of adapt their minds to understanding we get people who are in the industry eventually who don't like what they're doing, who don't want to do what they're doing, who end up feeling lost, 
three, four, five years down the line and then start asking themselves why they ever put themselves in that position. Not to talk too much or go off track, but what I'm saying is academicism and, you know, I guess the institutional structure that we're in in itself has really hindered and put obstacles in the way of people who genuinely want to express themselves. That's why I look at pieces of work like Cabanel's Fallen Angel as as genuine unicorns in the art world, if you will. Because he decided to do something out of pure emotional expression. Yes, he followed some of the rules, but ultimately it displeased the judges that created those rules and made sure everybody else followed them. They put him down for simply expressing how he felt. And I think that creativity and expression should not be constricted or hindered. And it should most definitely not be reduced to mere rules and protocols. There is no art in structure. There is no art in restriction.